Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Sitting down with me, I have uh, Coach Simpson. Um, Coach, just in case people may not know who you are, could you please introduce yourself just in case there's somebody that doesn't know who you are? They should, but just in case. No, that's it, man. I appreciate you having me on, and I, I love these podcasts. I think these are a pretty awesome chance for people to learn about sports. Uh, probably a lot of people don't know who I am. Uh, I'm Coach Kenny Simpson. I'm in Searcy, Arkansas right now. Uh, before then, I was at Southside Batesville in Arkansas as well, and then I've coached football, high school football level in Alabama at Alabama Christian Academy in Montgomery for a little bit, and, and then before then in Huntsville. So I've kind of been all around the southeast coaching football. Um, probably most people know me more from uh, materials that I've produced. I've written a few books, uh, Find a Way. I uh, wrote, I think, last year, and it, it was a bestseller for a little bit. It's been a, a nice, fun ride to be along the way. It's you know, geared towards coaches that are trying to be a head coach. And, and uh, I share a lot of 
kind of things that I messed up with along the way in that book. And I think a lot of guys enjoyed the fact that uh, people admit they make mistakes and I think really kind of took to that. So after that, I've written a few other books. Um, my most recent one just came out. It's coaching football like a basketball coach. It's a little different spin on the sport. And and then I've got uh, my system out as well. A lot of guys that enjoy RPO, kind of 21 personnel have taken to this is a gun tee. And so uh, for those of you who don't know me, that's kind of the real short version. I'm married. I, you might hear my kids running up and down the hall. I've got three children uh, who are why I do a lot of things I do. And then I've got a wife who's in graphic design who pretty much makes me look a lot better than I really am. Yeah, a lot of my graphics are me, the free version. That's why it looks cheap. But guess what? That's who I am. I'm cheap and I'm simple. I don't <laughs> I don't understand that stuff. I don't know how to do it. It's Yeah, no, I'm blessed with her because she's, you know, it's, it's nice to be married to one of those because I couldn't probably afford her if I didn't have her and she does a good job. No, it's great. Um, your book, Coaching Like Basketball, when it's in my budget, I'm going to get it because nice. that's a great thing because I coach basketball too. And I thought of that a couple of years ago, like how they're the similar, like football and basketball can be very similar. So it's crazy how you came out that a couple of years later. I saw the title of it. And I was like, that's brilliant. Like, yeah. hopefully you didn't steal that from me five years ago. No, well, I had a, you know, I coached basketball back in the day. I think a lot of younger coaches, when they're breaking into the world, you know, you just do what they tell you to coach. And when I was first coming out, I played three sports. You know, mm -hmm. they just, you know, asked me to coach basketball at Madison Academy. I know you may not know much up in Illinois area, but if you're in Alabama, Madison Academy and basketball, that's kind of a mecca out there in Huntsville. And so I coached a few kids who, you know, played at pretty high level basketball after they left me and, uh, and football too. Um, and so my basketball record is like 72 and eight, you know, well, that's not because I was a great basketball coach is because I was, we know in the coaching world, you know, it was all about who you're coaching. And so, uh, so I did a lot of that. And then my children now are playing, I've got a seventh grade boy and a ninth grade girl that play three sports. And so that's kind of where the book came from was watching them and, looking thing like you did how these kind of things marry up and you're starting to see football go more that direction with the evolution of the spread RPO multiple, you know, all this, everyone's running triple option. Now they just call it different things, which is very, very much basketball. I think. Right. I just, I literally before this podcast, whenever this comes out, I just talked to the D coordinator Rose Holman and we were talking about like, um, he was, we were talking about, how some football coaches don't tell what they do. It's a big secret, you know, like I'm not going to tell anybody what I do. So he asked me, he goes, does basketball coaches act that way? And I said, no, not really, because basketball is really simple. And I think every basketball coach almost runs the same thing pretty much. Like we all run two, three zone. We all run man. It's taught the same way. Mm -hmm. um, some may do more motion. Some may just do more set plays, but we all kind of run the same thing in basketball. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's something in football. I mean, I think that I don't know why there's so many guys that are, there's no secret sauce. I mean, mm -hmm. the successful guys you see out there turn on the TV and watch 10 minutes, you know what they run. I mean, it's just, they're just so good at teaching it, adjusting to their personnel, you know, but football, I think even defensively, you look over on that side of the ball, you know, you're starting to see kind of the evolution of match quarters and these matchup zones you know, teams are kind of going away from playing man all over the field because it doesn't work. Well, that's a basketball concept. You know, we ran two, three match zone, you know, 
playing basketball. And so it just was, you're seeing a lot of these things kind of transcend from sport to sport, even soccer. I'm not a soccer expert by any stretch, but you watch them and it's very much all about space and matching up and all that kind of stuff. That's, that's kind of where that book idea came from. It was a lot of fun and, you know, probably wouldn't have been written had COVID not hit because I was sitting at home doing nothing and just talking to my daughter a lot about the, the game of basketball. She had just finished her season and kind of trying to explain to her all that work. So it was very, very fun. I really enjoyed that one. And, and man, it's, uh, it's only been out of maybe about a month and a lot of guys have seemed pretty interested in it so far. So it's been, been pretty neat. Yeah. Once I get the okay at home and in the budget, that's it's coming. But once I get uh, the just, stamp. Bro, we get done, remind me, I'll shoot you a free copy, man. Just let me know. Oh. I'll tell you what, I, I, I do that stuff just to – I just enjoy doing it. So, Well, I appreciate it because I saw it. She saw me – this is what happens. Christmas time, I look at coaching books, and I got caught. What are you doing? Nothing. Don't worry about what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And then I saw this one, and I was like, this is a brilliant idea. I want to see it. Now, hold on. We have bills and stuff. Like, hold on a second. <laughs> yeah. No, I'll, get, I'll take care of you, Coach. <laughs> oh, I appreciate it. No, since we've already talked about books, I had an inch to write one myself. I'm not successful like you guys. My inch is like, so you want to be a coach. That's my whole thing because I've done it for 12 years now and I've made a lot of mistakes. I'm not a head coach, but I've been offense coordinator. I've done this. So I thought about it too. So like, what's some advice to give someone to me who might be a novice at this? Like, I don't know. I'm just typing it up and I don't know where to go after that. Sure. Yeah, no, man, I tell you what, it's a – it's a little bit of a learning curve. You know, there's a lot of ways you can go when you write a book. Um, you kind of, and that's, that's kind of a lot of multi-part questions. So let me start kind of the beginning one, anybody can write a book now. I mean, it's, it's not very difficult as far as getting it published. There are lots of options. So uh, you can self publish, which I actually chose to do. I had a couple options with a couple companies to publish the book, but that was going to take longer and seemed a little more strenuous. So I would, I usually recommend to people if you have a good editor, and if you have a good graphic person that can make it look professional and make sure you're not going to have a bunch of errors in there, self-publishing is going to be probably the easiest, quickest way, you know, to do that. And there's lots of platforms you can go through. I went through uh, Kindle printing. And so uh, they can, people can buy my books on Amazon. I've got my own ISBN number. So I sell them on my website as well. If I ever wanted to go in a bookstore, I could do that also. And uh, so there's a couple of things you want to own your own content is important. So owning your own kind of ISBN is important. Second thing I would say, you know, a lot of guys, um, as I get to writing, you get overwhelmed. Um, you know, the first book I wrote, it took me like several years, you know, kind of get it how I wanted it to. Now I've got like four or five random books kind of in, in, in process going. Because if you're like me, most coaches are a little bit ADD. We kind of jump around and we feel it. And so that's what I'll do if I'm at home and I'm watching – football or watching whatever, or I'm just, um, you know, and I feel it all right on one of those books. And so I've got three or four other books that are probably in various stages, you know, of being done. Um, and so I try not to limit it, you know, and actually find a way. The first book I did was probably two or three smaller books that I ended up putting together. You know, I was going to write a book on one chapter and one chapter. I went, no, let's just make it all kind of a you're going to be a head coach. Here's some things you might want to know. So those are some things I would recommend. I would, I, I would recommend getting with somebody who's written one, you know, and uh, I've, I've helped about three or four other guys who have now put books out. Uh, it's not as overwhelming as it can seem. And it's really satisfying. I don't, 
I didn't care if I sold one book or however many we've sold, but uh, it was just, it was a fun to accomplish. Most coaches, I think, and you probably would agree, are goal oriented. So you start it, you want to finish it and get it done. And, and so that was something that was really, I, it was enjoyable for me to do. Yeah. And then like for me, it's almost like, is it stupid to write it? If that makes sense. Like, because I'm not, I, a head I, I tell you what, I think most coaches enjoy people talking real talk. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, th- I enjoy that. I go to clinics a lot of times and there's some really smart guys there, but the guys I don't want to hear are the guys that just want to sound smart. You know, I want to go hear the guys that's going to talk to me like I'm a person, you know, talk at the level people can understand. And, you know, the same thing I wrote, you know, I, I, I was a coach. I'm not, it's not like I'm some expert, you know, I've, I've been a coach for multiple years and some years have been really good and some years not so good. And I think that people enjoy, as long as you're honest with who you are, you know, and genuine with, Hey, here's where I'm coming from. Here's where I've learned this. If you can take it, that's awesome. If not, then, you know, I don't care. You know, I, I work, I'm used to getting booed from the stand. So I figure someone didn't like my book, you know, at least they're just booing from home, you know, <laughs> so it's not too bad. Yeah, it's not behind you, and yeah, it's not. It's not somebody telling me I suck. Like right there, at least they're at home doing it, you know, or sitting in a chair like we're doing now. Like what? The, what the hell was that? Like yes, uh, yeah. No, because yours is perfect. Because you're a head coach, you try to give advice about how to be a head coach. I haven't, but I've made a lot of mistakes, and for me, I can't find material for young coaches or getting into coaching saying this is what's about to happen to you, like. No offense to anybody. There might be some stuff. I'm talking about for me, when I was 18 years old, there was nothing. It was put to the fire. It was by the your pants. So part of me is like, I want to help somebody out. Like, yeah. you're about to go through this. Yeah, and that's where mine came from. I mean, it was it was about not a warning, but I mean, it kind of was that. And, you know, as a young coach, a lot of times we don't understand what's coming up. You know, and so I, I've hired multiple coaches now, especially the, and I like hiring young coaches. I like the guys that have that fire in their belly. And I love seeing this young generation come through because I'm getting older now. And, you know, they kind of give me a little bit of energy. But I do always have that question inside that interview, especially for a very new coach is usually it's one, do you know what you're getting into? And kind of go through a few things, probably what your book's going to be about. And then if they're married, does your wife know what you're about to get into? Because that's important too. You know, I've had well, multiple coaches that I know that haven't made it through has been because they were forced to pick. Fortunately, they chose their wife. That's a good choice, you know, but they didn't know going into it what was coming. Right. Or like you might remember this right when I started to coach was at my high school. And that was the tail end of trading film where you had to drive and trade the film. Like, and it wasn't, I had it was lucky enough where it was DVD, but you still had to go trade it. So guess what you did? You had to go trade it. Guess what? You weren't probably a varsity coach. So you scouted or you watched the film for them. Laundry duty is something they don't think about. Um, setting up the practice field for the head coach or the OC or something. Like, I don't think people realize that and then realize you're probably going to – now, see, I was lucky. Some people are going to do freshmen. I got thrown into varsity right from the get-go, but I was an assistant to the assistant, so I just kind of watched and learned, but I still did the other things. And so a part of me also wants to tell people, don't just jump into varsity. Go down to freshman or sophomore and learn how to coach because I was a brat, and that's kind of what I want to talk about. Like, 
three years into it, I was like, I should have should be this. And then when I didn't get what I wanted, then you're a brat about it. You're like, I know everything. And we don't. Yeah, that's, where, that's where a lot of my book came from. You know, find a way for me was well, I got a head job at 27. So I, I was the brat that got the job. And then I went, whoa, I, this was not what I thought this was going to be. You know, it just, you know, so that was kind of where that book came from was I, you know, I'm 27 and I was, and the worst thing in the world happened to me, we won. Like that was the worst thing that could have happened because then I really thought it was about me. And then I took a job at another school where we were, they had been like over 20 some odd and found out real quickly that, hey, the players have, you know, quite a bit to do with how well things go. But, um, you know, that's, those are the kind of things that, that we need more of for, you know, in the coaching world. I think, you know, 18, 19, 20 year olds need to read about doing laundry at 1130 at night after a Friday night game or getting up at 5 a.m. on a Saturday after you've broken down film till 1 a.m. on Friday to go. You used to trade film. You know, uh, we try to do uh, game film with our coaches only on Sunday. But I remember multiple times where it was Saturday because uh, there's only so many films uh, then it was Saturday with the players, and then it was Sunday. You know, it's twenty four seven job, and or getting a call at two a.m. that some players had some issue that you got to go deal with. You know, those are the things that I think a lot of people don't think of. You know, and I always, my wife always laughs now when people say, "Well, aren't you in off season?" And she says, "There's not an off season." You know, it just doesn't happen anymore. And so, um, those are the kind of things that I think practical. There's a, there's a ton of X's and O's. There's a ton of drills. There's, that's out there all over the place. There's not enough what you're talking about. I think, I think there's more room for books like that. And I know that because that Find a Way book has sold like 23, 2400 copies in about a year. And it was written, there's only like, it was written by an old coach. And so there's more need for that stuff. Yeah, I haven't read it yet. So I'm probably boring you because you've already written about it. No, no, it's, it needs to be talked about more. I think. You know, what's surprising, I, I've got my own website where I sell coaching materials. And so I can kind of, the business side, it's more lucrative to sell X and O's. I mean, that's what sells is what everybody wants to get. But the reality is the more important stuff uh, doesn't sell as much. And so there's not a lot of it out there. Right. Like, I'm not looking to get rich. If I was going to get rich, I would have figured it out by now. Like, or you probably be coaching football, like high school football. I mean, I wouldn't be doing that if I want to be rich. I want to be coaching football, or if I want to get rich off of it, it's already been done. Like the X's no stuff's already been done, and like because I thought about that too. Like I could talk about inside zone. Well, everybody knows how to run, or like if they don't, they can find it pretty easy. You know, so. you'd be surprised, man. I, I'm telling you, it's a, the X and O part of them. I mean, there's so many places to go get it, but unfortunately, that. It's almost like a young coach. If they you say, "Hey, go just go YouTube," well, it's like drinking from a fire hydrant. I mean, they you can't retain, and so a lot of coaches like me, I'll go pay money to hear some expert that I can hear very specific details and talk to. And that's why, you know, I've put some of my stuff out there. There's other coaches that have done that because, yeah, it's free. You can go out there and get it, but if you really want to learn from somebody, man, I'll gladly pay some guy who runs inside zone really well uh, money or I'll go sit down with them. And, and so I think there's there's a lot of resources that are out there, but sometimes it's so overwhelming. Coaches don't really know where to go to get it. Right. Like talking to, I think it was Coach Albaugh, maybe I said, have you ever a football overdosed? And he laughed at me and I said, I've 
it was actually before COVID, like the season before, like I just went too far. I was reading everything I could. I wrote down everything I could. And I just got to a point to where I was like, I can't take it. Mm-hmm. Because I wanted to learn, you know, wing T stuff out of the gun. I wanted to learn more spread stuff. I wanted to, I was trying to find the, you want to talk about an offense you can't find is the run and shoot. I was like, I want to find the run and shoot stuff. You have to have a special card for that. Oh yeah. yeah. It's like a very expensive special card. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I had uh coach Justin Clark on and I asked him that. I said, is there like a card you need to get in? He goes, you actually do. Now he can give me some stuff, but he can't give me everything. Right. Well, like, you turn it on TV. That's what makes me. That was good. You know, this. I'm a system guy, so I'm very pro system. So I'm not those run and shoot guys who might be listening to this or air raid guys. You know, don't shoot me here because I, I think there's a lot of value in going through and learning a system. The certification garbage needs to stop, though. That stuff where they're you know you're making you're almost that that stuff. I don't I can't get behind because I think hey, you know what? If you want to talk ball, let's talk ball. If you want to give guys materials. That's awesome. Let's stop charging ridiculous amounts of money for, you know, a piece of paper that really doesn't mean anything. Sorry. Yeah. I got my high horse on that one. No, I, I keep to myself. If, if that's a thing, that's like, that. I'm very easy going. I'm very easy going. And I'm like, if that's a thing, it's a thing. I'm not going to yeah. pay the 600 bucks for it, but. Right. And I've got no problem with the material. That, that part is awesome. Like that's, yeah. I would pay to hear those guys, talk about their system. And I might pay that much money to hear them. That's awesome. But the certification just, it's kind of like, what are we doing here? You know, just this guy came through and he bought our system. That's all you got to put out there. You know, and I, I think that would maybe lighten the tension in the room a little bit with a lot of this stuff that's out there. Cause I do think there's value. Lucky land casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, and like people listening to your podcast, there's value in, you know, going to a camp or a clinic, you know, whether that's Glacier or whether that's a college is value and uh, going and maybe having a subscription to like, you know, Joe Daniels, or those guys that have great material. That's awesome. You know, go pay for, I think that's, I think you should value it enough. And those guys put enough time and you should pay for it. I'm just not a, I'm not a huge fan of all the, the we go too far sometimes. I think. Yeah. I, because Twitter war is something I don't want to get into. So I just kind of keep yeah. to myself. Yeah. Like I posted one day, I told you, I apologize. We're going to jump down some rabbit holes. This is, I am 2% Joe Rogan of sports. We're going to jump down some rabbit holes. Um, me and Coach Banstra, if you know Coach Banstra on Twitter, mm-hmm. um, I showed him how I ran inside zone at a school I was at a couple years ago. And he said it looks like duo, but I'm not blocking the end because I'm all about double teams. Because mm-hmm. in my mind, we didn't have the athletic linemen if we were doing inside zone right, to take a step to the right and go block one-on-one. We just didn't have it. So we figured out, yeah, we just figured out, why don't we just double team, not block the end. If we get four yards, we get four yards. We're a happy guy. Like, we're fine. Mm -hmm. And eventually, you will get a cutback. It's going to happen, hopefully. But he was like, no, that's duo. That's duo. So one day on Twitter, I drew it up on Huddle, and I took a picture, and I put it on Twitter. 
And I said, guys, I just want to know, like, this is my inside zone. You guys call this duo. I, I was just curious what people called it. That's all I wanted. Nope. I should have never done that. No. Nope. That's the most comments I had on Twitter. So I was proud of that. I was like, oh, there's like 200 people. But one guy told me I didn't have the running back drawn right. So the way he was going wasn't this. And I'm like, I drew it on 10 seconds on huddle. I'm just asking. Mm-hmm. And it happened today. I showed um, – now I'm doing it to stir the pot now. I had to get over I was, I'm going to stir the pot a little bit today where some people call it inside zone bash and Ohio State runs it a lot where, like, your left tackle for your right guard runs inside zone left. Your right tackle is arc releasing. Mm-hmm. And the quarterback's reading that in. He can hand it off. He can go behind the tackle on the wide receivers or quarterback keeps it for the inside zone. The school I was at, we went 10 and one with this type of stuff. So I'm like, it can work. We had the players mm-hmm. make it work. And so we did that. And then sometimes you can motion a guy, the running backs, the lead blocker with the tackle, and you can hand it off to that guy too. Mm-hmm. Because somebody asked me, well, what if you know a linebacker blitzes? I said, well, then you motion a guy, they start watching that. And if he wants to trigger, you just hand it off and he's got four blockers. Oh, I should have done that again today because people were like, what happens if this happens? Or what happens if this happens? Yeah. Well, there's some Twitter gurus out there, man. There isn't it's and that's I, I think football coaches a lot of times don't mean it as it comes across, but we all wanna be experts on a whiteboard. You know, that's kind of what you'll see. But and, I, and when you start like you're doing your own podcast here or you put material out there, there are gonna be people that disagree and you know i think you've got to be willing to understand that that's fine i don't really care <laughs> you know but it's your duo you know that's i put the and i've seen those memes where it's like spider-man pointed spider-man and his duo inside zone and really it's whatever you want to call it you know we put in buck sweep if we want to call that cat poop it doesn't really matter i mean it's this is how we block it and you can name it whatever you want to name it, you know? And so I think that's where sometimes coaches get into, and that's where that system stuff kind of comes mm-hmm. where they learned it from whoever and they named it this, you know? And, and so that's just kind of how they, they've come up. But anyway, I, I'm going to go down a rabbit hole there, but I, I just thought that's sometimes you'll get into that kind of stuff. And I think coaches don't mean to, but they come across in not a great way. You know, like a couple of coaches that commented, they were just pushing my buttons. I've had them on the podcast before, so they're just pushing. I, okay. But then there's some you don't know, and the way they're typing it, you're kind of like, wait, what are you getting at? Or like, don't question it. Just if you want it. And this podcast has now turned to rabbit holes, so I apologize again. But like, I'm the type of person, if you would have posted that and I didn't understand it, I'm the type of person now where I would message you and say, okay, right. what's the read here? Or like, what's this? Mm-hmm. And this is kind of why I want to tell younger coaches, because when I was an OC, I had a first year off coach up in the box telling me stuff, you know, because I want him to tell me what he's seeing. We go in at halftime and the first thing out of his mouth was, why did you call this play? It didn't work. And the first thing out of his mouth. And I'm like, you've got to learn how to talk to coaches. Hey, everybody. As you know, the Coach Steve show is brought to you by the Unhinged Sports Network. And in case you've missed it, they've recently par- partnered with FUBU TV. Now, what is FUBU TV? FUBU TV brings you 100 plus channels, including NBC, CBS, Fox, ABC, ESPN, and more without the hassle of a cable contract. It is 2020, it's time to cut the cord. 
If you don't believe me, please click the link in the episode description or on the social media profile and you can get a 7-day free trial. So please, again, go click on the link for FUBU TV in the episode description or in the social media profile. Get a 7-day free trial to support the Coach Steve Show podcast as well as the Unhinged Sports Network. Because what did I do? Well, I can't repeat what I said, but it was yeah. just like, leave Go back in the booth and you don't yeah. get your head set this time. Yeah. And like, first or second year coach, I think, he was real excited. Like, I get to be up in the box. I asked him to tell me what the corners and safeties do as the OC. I have a guy watching the box, you know, whatever. And then he wants to tell me this isn't working or why would you call this? Instead of coming into the, the office saying, okay, when you called flood or whatever, what did you see? for this route or something like there's a way to ask me. But I don't yeah. think young coaches know how to do that. Well, and social media is social media. So when you put it out there, you're going to get all those personalities. What what I've always enjoyed, you know, I, the last week or so I've been putting out different formations. Hey, how would you line up this? What do you think of this? You know, and I get a lot of the DMs from guys like you that, you know, that, and we have great conversation there. And there's some, most of the time, 90% of the time, it's going to be good conversation on social media. And I just, I've always just choose to ignore you know, the ones that don't want to go that route. Right. And I don't know if there's any help for that because I just learned it from coaching. Like you just learn it from. Well, you get, you, and, you get uh, told where you can take your opinion and shove it a few times. You learn, maybe I ought to not say that. I learned that as a young man because my dad was military. So I knew that coming up all the way yeah. for that one, you know, but some of these younger guys, sometimes, you know, they got to figure it out a little bit. And, and I'll tell you what, as a kind of get back on top of it, as a head coach, you need to set up a system where they feel they're valued, you know, that there is value. I do want to hear what you have to say, you know, but here's kind of a system that we're going to, like for us this year at uh, Cersei, uh, we set up, and I actually got it from another head coach, uh, but set up here's exactly how our halftime is going to look down to the minute, you know, and so we could fluctuate it and move it, but everyone kind of knew where they were going. And it made it so streamlined. It was, it was much easier. And people, you know, I think we were able to get what we needed to get done a lot better. Right. And then, then no, don't promote people just because you want to make them happy. Like that young coach go up in the box. We just kind of said, you know what? He's a young guy. He's excited. Let's do this. And maybe it wasn't the right time. He's got to go through the fire. I think it's that type of stuff. And again, I would love to write about it but it probably can't happen until they go through it. And like I said, maybe times are changing, you know, social media, they feel like they can say this. So why not say it in person? Well, you know, the way yeah. coaches and, act. And you've got a lot of younger coaches. You know, I, I've always, at, when I hire, I don't really experience matters. Some, it does matter. I mean, obviously, you know, you want to balance your staff out, but man, I, I would be willing to take a shot on a young buck in a certain kind of spot and, because people, someone gave me my shot at that, but uh, I obviously feel that there's, you know, there's wisdom to be gained through maturity. And most of the really good young ones, if you watch them, they have kind of a mentor, you know, like even the really, those kind of prodigies that are uh, McVay over at Los Angeles Rams, you know, his father coach. So, you know, he's, he's not really a young, young coach mentally because he's been around it his whole life. And so usually those really young ones have, they've come up and they've kind of gone under the wing of somebody and they've learned. Uh, and that's been fun for me is my, I've kind of transitioned from being the younger guy who was doing that. And now 
I get to be in the other side of it. And that's, that's been a really fun transition for me to work with these younger coaches and whether on my staff or a lot of guys will reach out to me through social media or other ways. And it's been really, really fun to do. Yeah. Sorry. We just went down some rabbit holes, but like this no, is, the- we got back. Yeah. We got back. But like, that's why I said this podcast, I treat it like coaching. I watch other guys do it. I watch like Joe Rogan's of the world. I'm like, how do, are they successful at doing this? And it's just conversation. Then you talk to people like when they listen to podcasts, it has to be unique, general, like genuine conversation. Mm-hmm. And I think it's also because I'm not coaching right now. It's COVID. I need to do so. I watch podcasts like film. I'm like, how are they? Oh, like I, fi- I figured it out. Oh, like it's real funny how that works. And then my mind starts wandering of like, how can I help someone else now? That's my next right. thing is yeah. like as small as it sounds, Coach Sheffer, I take full credit for his podcast because I told him how to do it. I was nobody. And I said, use Anchor, use this. It's free. Don't spend money on it. And his just shot through the roof. And I'm like, I take full credit for it because I helped you out. I was on Coach Sheffer's uh, podcast. I don't think it's come out yet, but we did one, I guess, after our season. So I tell you what, I think coaches are, you know, we're going to listen to podcasts. We're going to read books. And I think there's not, I think most people realize we're not really competing with each other. We're really, you know, if I'm going to listen to one podcast, I'm going to listen to 20. You know, it doesn't matter which one it is. So, uh, you know, I, I enjoy having me on this one. I think it's, I think there's so much material out there for coaches now. This young generation, you're one of your generation, young generation, younger than me generation. That this none of this existed when I came up. It was a lot of conversations, you know. And now we're able to, through all this technology, have so much more access. Yeah, I just turned thirty last month, so I don't know if that's young or old. Young, young for me. Yeah, I'm forty. So. It feels old, like. Things are cracking a little more. Things are those sports injuries we ignored as high school guys are starting to creep up yeah. on me. And well, like, I'm at the age now where like a lot of those sayings I would get mad at as a young coach. Now I'm saying them like, well, when you have your own son, and you know, when I was 27, and I, you know, well, I've got my son. Well, your son's two. It's not the same as when he's playing on your. You know, so I think that as you get older, there is something to be learned, but. I tell you what I'm excited about is these younger this younger generation of coaches. It's they're very willing to think outside the box. I, I think that's pretty pretty cool to watch. You know, uh, as a, as an older coach, I, I don't know how old forty is, but I put myself on the you know middle to upper end, unfortunately. <laughs> but these younger guys, some of the cool stuff they're doing, and you're starting to see. I believe the high school game is stealing from high. Or I'm sorry, the NFL game is now stealing from high school. Mm-hmm. You know. You're seeing it trickle all the way up. Some of the stuff that I've been seeing for 10, 15 years, now I'm watching on Sunday and going, why did it take 15 years to get up there? You know, like running quarterbacks, athletic quarterbacks, a big Miami Dolphin fan. They're running swinging gate on extra points. We've been doing that for 20 years. You know, just now it's being where it's acceptable to be run at the highest levels. Well, because coaches get set in their ways. Like, you're not an old coach, but there's coaches out there that are set in their ways. And I've coached at places like that. Like, if you go coach at a place, it's like, we've always done it this way. This is how we're going to do it. Which is fine. Don't lose who you are. But you can tweak things. You can adapt things. You can do those type of things. I'm not saying people that run the wing tee need to run the spread all of a sudden. I'm not saying spread goes to wing tee. But you can tweak things and adapt and 
all that stuff. And yeah, I'll give you a tweetable quote here. This is actually from one of my principals. Uh, what he said was, you want to preserve your core, but you want to stimulate progress. So you want to preserve who you truly are, but you always want to find new things. And then he followed it up saying, 30 years from now, do you want to be a 30, have 30 years of experience or have one year of experience 30 different times? So basically, if you do the same thing over and over and over, you're never really pushing that envelope. You know, so I thought I thought that was something I've always tried to live by now. You know, and now I'm bringing in these younger coaches underneath me and allowing them to do some things that I'm uncomfortable with. You know, small things like hey, let's play music during practice. OK, that didn't really hurt anything. OK, we can try that. Or, hey, let's, you know, let's do, hey, let's not do static stretching because here's all the science that backs up why that really didn't help. Okay, well, let's try that. You know, so there's different things that I think older coaches are are learning from this younger generation. And I think it's because there's so much more to, like you were talking about, I graduated high school in 2009. Like I said, I was at the tail end of some of this stuff. Like the internet was a thing, but it wasn't what it is now. Mm -hmm. I think you're seeing more research of like, they're able to find more, like we all are, we're able to find more things. So now they're able to like do that stuff that we wouldn't have been able to do back in 2009, 2010, mm-hmm. like all that. Time. If that makes sense, like we had to really, that's one thing I had to learn as the coaches how to talk to people. Like I had to go ask them, like we ran the power option in high school. That's all I knew. In order to go learn, I had to go talk to coaches. Like, let me drive down the road and ask how they run this. Now I can just go on Google and type in air raid plays. I can go type spread playbook. Mm-hmm. I can find something. Like back which then, is what? Which is where, kind of going back to that rabbit hole we were on, which is where you're starting to see the disconnect from the generations of these guys watch it and think they are an expert at it. But there's value in that guy who's had 20 years. Like if I want to run a wing tee, yeah, I'm going to go do all that stuff. But then I'm going to talk to Roger Holmes who's been doing it for 40 years and he can explain to me the reality of it. Hey, sometimes your strong tackle is getting his tail whipped. Here's things that'll help with that. And that's where I think the older coach, that's why you want that mix. You want that good mix of that guy who's kind of been through the fire. And you want that young buck who's seeing things with fresh eyes. And I know when I try to hire a staff, you know, for me, I've got like a 30-year veteran at defensive coordinator. Well, then I've got a two-year veteran. He's only been there two years working with outside linebackers. Well, we're in the meeting room. I listen to both of them, you know, and they listen to each other. And I think that helps our team. Right. Um, and then, like, I talked to Coach Sheffer and all of them about this. They're big wing T guys. Oh, yeah. And I'm a spread guy. But – Do both. I think you do both. And so I, I tell them that. I'm like, okay, if I become a head coach one day or an OC – I'm a run game coordinator now, but if I come an OC again and I'm running the spread, I'm always going to be spread. Nobody's going to talk me out of it. I'm sorry. Nobody's going to talk me out of being spread. But I'm not stupid. I'll bring a hand down tight end if I have it. I'll have an H back if I have it. You know, I'm going to adapt to what I have. But guess what? If I realize maybe we can do buck sweep this year, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to reach out to a coach and say, okay, you guys run buck sweep. How do you block it? How does that, like, you go research that and you ask people. And I don't know, older coaches don't do that. They don't adapt and be like, well, I'm not going to go do this. It's my way or the highway. Uh, sometimes, I mean, I, to me, it depends on the guy. It really does, you know, because for me, I've I've done that. I've reached out to, to different coaches, and I've had coaches that have surprised me reach out to me. And I'm like, why are you asking me this? You know, you're the guy. You know, these are 
guys that are coaching at a collegiate level that are asking me questions. I'm going, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, I, so I think most coaches, if they can find information, they're they're willing to. You know, I've had uh, several that reach out to me, and I know that I've reached out to several. You know, we're looking at offensively uh, running some different concepts. It's not, I'm not going to get away from my system because I do believe in the core, but we are going to stimulate what works with our personnel. And so because of that, that I'll be I've reached out to several guys that are running bunch stuff or that are running back to spread, which I've had experience in that. But all right, what and you know the the hard part is okay, how do I blend this to what I want it to be? You know, but I'm gonna find the experts in those fields and reach out to them. Right. I think like I think it's in the past couple of years. Past couple of years on social media, there's been Twitter wars, there's been I'm not gonna adapt to nothing. And then COVID hit. And I think now that we've had more time on our hands, I think people are starting to realize like, oh, there's more than one way to skin a cat. There's more than one way to do this. And Well, I mean, you think about, you know, this year in Arkansas, uh, you know, that we've had five, four, four state championships that have happened. Okay. Well, you know, we've had teams that have won it, that throw it and don't ever punt and coach Kelly over at Pulaski Academy and the epitome of a spread sling it super aggressive if we run it okay but if we don't who cares guy hmm. then a team win the state championship that probably ran the ball for two times as many yards as they threw it you know and you've had teams win with focusing on defense and you've had teams win so there's like you mentioned there's a lot of ways to skin a cat but a lot of coaches do have their identity you know who they're going to be and um, that's where you see a lot of those twitter wars or those wing or option guys, and then you have the guys that want to sling it all over the field. And the truth is neither one is wrong. The reality is how well are you going to teach it? You know, how well are, how, how well are you getting your kids to play hard and believe in your system? Right. Like here in Illinois, um, Coach Derek Leonard at Rochester by Springfield, Illinois, they've won the last eight of the 10 state titles in Class 4A, and he runs Lincoln Riley stuff before Lincoln Riley did. Right. So you can win that way. And then in four, so they're in 4A. In Illinois, there's eight classes. There's 1A through 8A. 3A could win it with the wing tee. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. And then a little bit later in 7A, you might see another wing T team win it. So it doesn't matter. It just kind of depends on who played better. Right. So. right. And that's what, you know, to me, anytime you're coaching, that's what coaching is. And that's where a lot of that second book I wrote, the basketball one, came from. It was, we're going to teach these concepts, these belief systems, 
but you better be able to, I think one of the chapters talks about you better be able to adapt, adapt to your own team and adapt to who you're playing. You know, I think basketball coaches are experts in this because they're having to play, you know, four games a week where they're having to adapt right now from possession to possession. Football coaches are not as skilled at that simply because, you know, we get a whole week to prepare for one game. So a lot of us have a hard time not really believing what we're seeing on Friday is what we could. We spent probably 70 hours of film to get ready for this game. And then all of a sudden, whoa, are my eyes tricking me? You know, and so that's a lot of the book kind of talks about being able to make quick adjustments and how do you teach that? Right. Cause you can watch film and they're in a four man front and then you come to the game and all of a sudden they're in a 30 yep. or whatever. And as a coach, you may not panic right away, but the kids might panic. Yes, yes. In basketball, you're adjusting all the time. One possession, they're in 2-3. The next possession, they're in a 1-3-1 one, one trap. How mm-hmm. do you handle that? Right. And that's why I love coaching basketball. You're always coaching. I just talked to the guy right before this. In basketball, you're on the, I'm the type of coach. I'm moving around with them. I'm like in a defensive stance. I'm like all about it. And you're coaching the entire time. Football, you call the play. You're talking on the sideline to figure it out, but you can't adjust like basketball if that makes if that work makes sense right you have to almost uh, figure out which player you can enable to make those and how much freedom you can give him that's why the nfl level is very much like basketball because mahomes is getting up there i don't even think they have a play call i think he's just getting up there looking around and calling what he wants based off of their concepts you know and so at a high school level that's very difficult to do but the really good ones you know like a what always makes me laugh, get back to let's go all the way back for a rabbit hole, back to those run and shoot air raid guys. We only run three plays. Well, you got 15 arrows off of that route that you've got that guy running. So you might say you run one play, but really that go route could be a comeback, could be a this, could be a VR, could be a all of this stuff. Well, that's basketball, very much basketball. Or the RPO guy that, well, we only run – inside zone well you run it reading the three technique and the five technique and the inside backer and the this so really that's very much a basketball mindset and i think that's really good stuff yeah i learned that very early on rpo stuff you have to really practice it kind of like that because you can get weird with it instead of reading that end all the time well guess what because you learn this from spread talk let's say their three tech is their stud that's the guy so why are you not, why are you not reading him? Why are you reading right. the end? That's nothing. So it's like if you can't block him, read him. Well, mm-hmm. you have to practice that though, because you can't do it in a game. You can't say, "Hey, you can't tell me as the run game coordinator to come over and be like, hey, tell them to not block the three technique.'" I've just right. blown those 15, 16 year old kids' minds. Right. What do you mean? So having those more word tags, and that's where you know that's where the good ones come, and you know that's what that's something we've played with, and we're getting better, but that's having a one word tag that changes one thing for one guy and everyone else just kind of ignores it, but it changes the whole dynamic of the play. I think that's where you're seeing football going in the run game. And in the pass game, you know, you see the teams that run, you know, they're going to run, let's say they're going to run a, a slot fade. That's, that was the 2019 play of the year. You know, that was it. Well, on slot fade, you know, you can break the route off here or your guy who's walking off the line can break inside. So really it's one play, but you've built in adjustments those kids know. And if you're going to do that, then you better really, 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 really practice that 
over and over and over and over and over again. And so that's why Lincoln Riley's play card looks about, you know, about as big as a napkin because he only has only 10, maybe 10 concepts, but he runs them very, very well. Then that's why, like Mike Leach, they have to have that rhythm, but he doesn't mm-hmm. have a lot of plays, but it's a lot of rhythm. It's a lot of finding grass to get open, but you have to be on the same page, kind of like, I'm going to keep going back to basketball just because we're here. It's the same thing. You have to find that open space. You can mm-hmm. practice it all you want, but then in a game of basketball, you're able to adapt. Football, you have to practice it over and over and get in a rhythm of right. finding that open grass. Because I love the stuff. I love air raid stuff. And I love, I find it pretty easy. But I'm stupid simple. So I don't have all the tags. Our tag at the school I was at, we'd run mesh. The only tag we'd have is a post, and that's it. You're going to run what we tell you, but if we want to run a post, that's the only difference. Right. We want to keep it simple. I mean, we're, you know, we're working on this year and last year with our kids, and actually a couple of years ago back when I was at Southside, we're teaching, teaching them how one route can look different. You know, what are you trying to accomplish? Like, let's go with a post. You're teaching a post, so you got a kid that's going to run. Our kid, we're, just, you know, we're first teaching them. You know, I'll use my son. He's seventh grade. I run a post. Well, he's going to run seven yards. He's going to turn, and he's going to run – to the goalposts, and that's what we want. Okay, well, the defender's standing right there. He would run right into him. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, let's think about this, son. You know, all right, so now if the safety's playing over top of you, where's the ball probably going to be thrown? We're going to be thrown inside, okay? If the safety's playing, you can get over top of him. You know, we want to keep that thing more skinny. And so those little nuances, that's very basketball-oriented. Mm-hmm. I think that's where the great coaches in football and basketball get is everyone knows how to run pick and roll. But who runs it really, really well? Who teaches those nuances? Right. And that's why Mike Leach and all of them looked at that type of stuff. They looked at wing T stuff and they just took it. Like mm-hmm. they incorporate a lot of it. So it's very interesting that you wrote about that. It's very interesting for people to think about. And maybe football coaches need to coach basketball now. Maybe they need to go do that. Yeah. yeah. Well, in basketball, I think there's a lot of similarities. I mean, there are different sports and I love football. Obviously I coach it, but I think there are, you know, if I had coached soccer, baseball, whatever, I'm sure there are things you can bring from that world over. And uh, on that note, and I don't know how how long we want to go here, but uh, I do. The other reason I wrote that book was to highly promote multiple sport athletes. You know, I've got three children, two of my children, one, one's a ninth grade girl and she's a three sporter and I got a seventh grade boy and he's, he would be a seven sporter if we'd let him, but three sports right now um, did four sports last year. And so, you know, that's one of the reasons I wrote that book too, was I think that, you know, we're starting to lose that this generation is really starting to lose where they're having to focus on and travel this and year round that and all that garbage, you know, and we're losing that these kids are losing their childhood because people want to make them focus on something. Yeah. That's, and I know in Illinois it's baseball. It's travel baseball in the summer. Nothing against baseball. Nothing against it. But it's, oh, why didn't you come to football? Well, I had baseball. Well, didn't you just play all school year? Didn't you just play 40 games? Right. And, like, no offense, I'm going to make someone mad, and that's fine. My parents wouldn't pay thousands of dollars to play no. 15 games in the summer for baseball. Oh, no. no. And, no, and, and baseball probably was the first one to do it, but now you're seeing it. Like, down here where I am, you're starting to see it invade into football where you're starting to get these seven on sevens and year round football. Don't get me wrong. I am not, if a kid has time and wants to play a sport man, play it, 
but I don't like anything that's going to encourage a kid to quit something else that he's already doing. And uh, a real quick thing on the travel baseball, and I'll get off that uh, soapbox. I'm sure I'll make somebody upset, but my theory has also been if you pay to go to a tournament, you're not a state champion. So quit giving them those rings. Cause I really think that is making is the, is, you know, it's, it's legitimizing something that shouldn't be like, that's not a state championship. Mm-hmm. Did a kid go play in that? And so you're, you're kind of devaluing when a kid really does win a state championship and you're burning these kids out at 12 and 13 years old. What are they going to look forward to in high school? Mm-hmm. And then we always heard, well, they got to get recruited because of this and that. And I'm like, and they got to get more looks because they're playing more games. And I'm like, you get better in practice. Like, when do you do batting practice? When do you do this? Because we had kids skip baseball for our seven on seven one year, just one game. Like, so we have seven on seven. We want to go do this. The coach didn't play them for two weeks because they went to seven on seven. And I'm like, your parent, my parents would have been outrageous. Like, we paid three thousand dollars, four thousand dollars. You're not going to play them because they went to football. Yeah. And Another thing, I don't know if any parents listen to your show, but I've coached two or three kids. No, no, probably more like 10 to 15 kids that were division one. When I walked in the door in two minutes, they were division one. Uh You knew right then I have biologically, I have a son who thinks he's going to play for the Miami Dolphins. He's not. I know right now because he's my son and I know what his biology is. And I think, unfortunately, we have a lot of people that want to take your money and convince you of unrealistic dreams. You know, and that's ruining sports. So these kids don't enjoy it because they got to get a scholarship. And once you get a 4.0 and pop a 24 on your ACT and you get the same scholarship as you would going to a D3, whatever. Recently, the Coach Steve Show has joined with the Unhinged Sports Network. It's an off-the-ground sports network that has different podcasts and is playing 24-7. So it's a podcast radio type website. So every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, the Coach Steve Show will have a new episode out. And they have partnered with Fanatics.com. So what I need you guys to do is in the episode descriptions and on social media is click on the Fanatics link and go get yourself some fan gear. Any team that you want, they have the gear for. Shirts, polos, hats, pullovers that have zips, stocking stuffers, anything like that, anything. Any team you want, they have. So please just support the podcast and support the Unhinged Sports Network. Please click on the, please click on the link in the description. Please click on the link in the social media and go buy stuff. They have anywhere, anywhere. I've seen anywhere between 20, 30, 40, 50, 60% off all, all their apparel. So with sports coming back, please go get some apparel to support your team. So again, click on the link, go get yourself some gear, and thank you for all the support. And that's another thing. Kids think Division Three is not good football. I've talked to a lot of Division Three coaches. It's good football because kids actually want to be there to play football. That's like the last chance. Oh, wait, I, I, Arkansas has got about five or six Division II schools that are unbelievable, and they're very, very good. And that's what I'm trying to tell my son. Yeah, you know, if you work really hard, you might be able to play football there. You know, and then we've uh, left Batesville, Lyon College, NAIA. You know, and I, I was at Montgomery, uh, Faulkner University, NAIA 
they have some dudes. I mean, there's a guy from Faulkner that uh, I think he made it to a camp in the NFL. I mean, there's there are a lot of really good ball players. If you want to play football, that's awesome. What I would encourage young men not to do, though, is go into heavy debt to play college football. That's not a scholarship if you're paying out of your pocket. So do recognize kind of what's happening there. Right, because there's ways to not go in so much debt. These coaches are there to help you. Right. Division three, that's division threes, division twos, that's what they're about. Not saying mm-hmm. division ones don't, but they're I've heard stories. They're not there for them. Like I had a friend who GA'd for a while, then he moved to Texas. Now he's coaching middle school football. He said there's a lot of shady stuff that happens that he didn't like. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, as you move up in football, I mean, the pressure gets to people. And, I, and that's unfortunate that people will change and be willing to compromise ethics and stuff. You know, I don't know enough about it. So that's why I stick down in the high school level. And, yeah. Like I only get told what people told me. So it's just, I go year by like whatever they tell me, that's what I go with. And he GA'd at Eastern Illinois. We both went there. He GA'd there. Then he GA'd at like Northern Iowa, then UTEP, and then somewhere else. And he didn't tell me where the school, the shady stuff happened. He just said shady stuff happened during the four years. Yeah, and he didn't like it. It's unfortunate. That's what, you know, I've got a young man that wants to play eventually, my own child. I've got several kids I coach that have a chance to play. And all I think a, a lot of times we lose sight of the fact they're getting their education and they're going to be a citizen for the next 70 years, hopefully. You know, we need to make sure we're taking care of that. And if anybody hears my dog, that's a chocolate lab that I just can't make be quiet. So it's going to happen. I can't. 90-pound chocolate lab's going to bark at whoever she wants. And I'm not going to stop it. Uh, so we went down some rabbit holes. I won't be doing my job if I don't ask, like, what kind of offense you guys run. I think you talk about shotgun wing T or shot T. Shotgun T, right. sorry. Gun, the gun T. Yeah. Gun T. Um, so, like, how did you say this is what you're going to run? This is who you're going to be. Like, the base. Like, this is what we're going to do. And then adapt off of that. Well, I mean, like every coach, you know, if you're around long enough, very few guys run the same system for 30 years, unless they're super successful and and they found it right off the bat. Most guys like me have got to kind of look at different things. So I was Tony Franklin, spread guy. You know, mm-hmm. I, you can probably appreciate that for a long time. Montgomery kind of matched our athletes. Uh, moved to Southside Batesville, where uh, you know I went from a school that probably was going to produce one or two. D1 or low D2, or sorry, low D1 or D2 type athletes a year to a school that we might produce one in 10 years. And so, different kind of kid, um, a lot of H back, tight end type kids, kind of gritty, tough kids, no real natural, what you would call running back looking kids. And so, we had to go to something different. And so, we kind of gradually played around with multiple things and got into uh, the wing T based running game. Uh, to fit our linemen. Um, and then we had that kind of tight end H back every year. I had multiple kids that could play those spots. Um, and then we, you know, to me, the easiest place to play running back is in a wing T base because it's all gap scheme or pin and pull. So there's no, you know, to me, to run inside zone well or duo well or outside zone, you got to have kind of a dude, you know, who sees it and can, has great vision and can make plays happen. So we went to the, all the wing T based runs because it's very much, um, you know, any, not anyone can run it, but you don't have to have great vision. Um, and we love the misdirection. We love kind of power football. 
and I brought in a lot of the RPO world from Noel Mazzoni. I studied him a lot and I brought some of that stuff in with it. We like the gun. Uh, I think the way the game is going, being in the shotgun is very advantageous if your quarterback is even halfway athletic. Uh, and so we brought all that with us. Then I come to Searcy. Searcy is a 6A school, has uh, some athletes, you know, and so we kept a lot of it. I got the job like six weeks before the season, and we're in a pandemic. I didn't know we are going to play. So I went, well, let's kind of blend some of the things they did with what I did, um, and that way I can at least know what we're doing moving forward. We had we were had basically ten or nine or ten new starters on offense anyway, so there's going to be a bunch of new kids playing new spots anyway. Well, now and we and we actually ran inside zone because I had guys that could see it and hit it, and so we put that in, and we ran a couple other concepts off of off of uh, the wing T stuff. So next year moving forward, you know, we're, we may be some. Or maybe more multiple because it, we want to match our personnel. So long story short, I, I really have enjoyed what we do. I think it gives us – it's unique. It gives us an advantage over the teams we play. I'm a big fan of condensed sets. I think that that really strains defenses and how they're going to handle it and make some kind of vanilla up. Um, but I would highly encourage coaches, too, to make sure you're matching whatever you choose to your offense. You know, if, if we got a tight end H-back, like you mentioned, I love that stuff. If we have one, I'm not going to force a square peg in a round hole. It just doesn't make any sense. Right. One of my – so I coached at one school in 2008. I've been at five high schools. The school I was at last year, I never really was around a tight end and an H-back on the same side. And we did mm-hmm. it this year because power read was our bread and butter. And, oh, my goodness, I fell in love with it. So where I'm at now, being the run game coordinator, I'm like, please let me have a tight end and an H-back mm-hmm. because you can – do split zone, which I think is beautiful. You're at an extra gap. You can do the split zone. I call it split zone release. Right. Uh, power read is beautiful out of that with those arc releases. And then if that H back is arcing all the time, you just call H pop and he goes straight up the field because that's what they're Wide seeing. Open. Right. Wide open. Wide open. Yeah. And the play action, all that stuff is good too. Oh, yeah. Like oh, stuff we like to run the play action on split zone. I, we got into playing around with that a whole lot. It was nice. A little easy dump. You know. Mm hmm. We did a lot of that last year. I wasn't a fan of the wide zone. That's the one I'm having a hard time. I need to go Buck Sweet, man. Buck Sweet way better than wide zone. Uh, we kind of ran it in high school, but I haven't ran it since. And so that's why. Like, I, I just love inside zone. I love trap. Trap's one of my favorite plays. People don't like it for some reason, but I love it. I like, no, I like trap. Trap's a good play. Uh, you need to play around. With, you know, teams are going pin and pull now. Which is their flavor of bucks is a lot less expensive than buck sweep, so people are using that a lot. Well, like I said earlier, like if a three tech is their best player, just read him. Well, before I learned that with the zone, I used to just say trap him, and they're like, "Well, well if he's the best player, you're doing one on one." And I was like, "Well, if it's quick enough, because I would go pistol if I did trap." Seventy percent of the time, it was trap because it hit quicker. And if he's that best player. If we can just get it on the right angle, we're not looking to kill shot him. We're not looking to do this. I said, I don't care if you touch him. If you just get in front of him and we get up the field and we get five yards, I'm, I'm a happy guy. I don't mm-hmm. care. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. So, like back in the day, I just that's very wing. That's a very wing T mindset, right there, Coach Steve. That, I call myself a spread guy, but I'm not an idiot. I like to run the ball. Um, a horror story I had was when I was OC, we played a team, and everybody that's ever called plays kind of knows this. At the end of the game is when everything starts to come back to you. You know, everything's kind of not a blur, but it starts to come back to you. That's why we're up till two a.m. because everything starts to come back. I knew the newspaper guy. So he comes up to me and he goes, this is off the record. He goes, what's wrong with you? And I was like, what did you just say? He goes, you know, you passed the ball like 40 some times, right? Or something like that. And I was like, no, I didn't. So I look at the film and it said like 46 times or something like that. And I was like, oh my goodness, why did I pass the ball so much? But in my defense, about 14 were RPOs that we threw. Oh, in my okay. defense. Yeah. But then I started to realize it. I was like, oh, I can't do that. I can't. I'm like, the reason why I called it was because I saw something that was open. So mm-hmm. I just kept doing it. We were pass blocking really well. We couldn't run the ball. So I was like, we're going to do this. But a part of me was like, oh, I'm not full air raid. Because normally an air raid guy would be like, that's beautiful. Me, I'm like, oh, I should have ran it a little more. Well, that's what, as a head coach, I walk in and go, did we win? Then it was good. And if we didn't win, not good. So, Yeah, we didn't win. So that's why I kind of looked at not it. Not good. Yep. I was like – yeah, but nobody knew I passed it that much. It was just such a blur, and I was like, I just kept calling RPOs. I want the quarterback to have an out, so if something doesn't mm-hmm. look right, we can hand it off. And so I did that, so we just threw it for those times. It was a bubble or key screen, or I love the glance RPO. So yeah, I just, yeah. We just call that peak, but yeah, that little glance, you just dump it in there. Yeah, or like a good one I stole from – uh, Coach Deerman that split back and they motion a guy out to the receiver and they read that Mike linebacker and if he pumps out that uh, motion you just hand it off if not you throw that that bubble to that running back mm-hmm. and it I didn't call it a lot maybe four times a game but I, I swear I have to find that film from years ago every time I did it, it had to be a first down we'd get anywhere from 10 to 17 yards it because the, they're looking or <laughs> They're 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 looking at the motion, or the people that were blocking are looking because we were running the ball. They're peeking in there, and then they're getting blocked. Mm-hmm. And it was just so simple. But that's my. But yeah, I I know wing T stuff. I just don't know everything about it. Like trap stuff, I love. I make coaches mad. I'm gonna ask you this. The OC said we're gonna put an ISO, and I said, oh, so it's kind of like belly. And every coach was like, what do you mean? They didn't know, and I was like, "Oh, it's kind of like belly, but it's spread term, so it's ISO." Yeah, uh, the way I run belly is very much like ISO. Okay, very much like ISO. Now we will pull that backside guard almost like power ISO, which that's why my flavor of belly is a little different than most wing T guys. You know, we are still trying to kind of pin and pull that backside guard and get the ISO lead. And so it's a little different, but yeah, you're not offending me. That's a, 
when I, we put it in, my office line guy said, oh, so it's like, like ISO. I said, yeah, pretty much exactly like ISO. No, I think it was like Coach Banster and them giving me a hard time. They're like, oh, so it's belly. And I was like, it's yeah. ISO. Yeah. I have but belly. Different things, you know, wing T, belly, a lot of times you can cross block that thing. And I don't do all that stuff, but a lot of the wing T guys will do that. No, our ISO I got, I never really, I had in my back pocket. So when they hired me, they said, we want to do ISO. So I showed them how I would do See, this is the research. If you have it in your back pocket, you know how to do it. I took it from Illinois College. They did it. So I just took what they did. Mm-hmm. Like they did a lot of H backs or a lot of wings. Right. And so, like, it was real simple. Yeah. So if you do ISO right, you're not going to, our linemen are not going to touch that first backer to the right. That's mm-hmm. the insert guy. Mm-hmm. And if you tag it to where if you don't have the H back or the wing, it'd be, I don't know what they called it, the, something with a T where the tackle wraps in now. We didn't do the guard, they would do the tackle. Like gut, when you yeah. gut it. So like instead of doing like what you were talking about, the guard doing it, if we just have the five linemen, we're just going to pull the tackle because we want the quarterback to read the end. So it becomes mm-hmm. like a zone, but you're still ISOing it. Right. And then like I said with inside zone earlier with what we did, with that ISO, you can motion a guy, the running back's an extra blocker and mm-hmm. all that good stuff. So it's like – so it's not belly anymore. It's still ISO to us because we're pulling the tackle. Right. But wing T guys are going to tell me something different. I'm yeah, always nice. wrong. Terminology. That's all it is. Um, so, like, for you and your offense – I'm going to do my job now. See, I'm going to come out of the rabbit hole. I do this for free, but it's still my job. So, like, for you and your offense, especially – Without COVID, let's say no COVID, it was just a normal year. What would be like an install for your type of offense? Like this is the base. This is who we're going to be when, you know, stuff hits the fan. This is what we can do to to fall back on. I'm a big uh, series guy. That's wing T kind of based. So we're going to find what's going to be our best run play. I would like that to be buck sweep. That would be what I'm comfortable with and what I've done. Uh, that was not this this year. I don't know if that was our best play. You know, but we're going to find whatever that best run play is, and we're going to build off of that. And so that's going to be the counter off of that, the play action off of that, the RPO game off of that, and all the flavors of that. So all the motions and stuff you can do off of that. It's, for us, it's probably going to either be buck or what we would call belly. You know, those are the two main base side runs. This year it started turning into – uh, zone split zone for us because that started working for us later in the year. So whatever that is, we just want to have the compliments off of that. Cause I do think that part of the game transcends wing T spread, whatever. So if it's, if we're going to run inside zone, we better be able to run the play action off of that, the RPO off of that, the same side play action, all the motion to it. So that's the kind of stuff that, my mind sees, you know, so I don't really want to pin myself down into, Hey, we're going to run this run play in a perfect world. I like buck because I think buck gives you the double handoff counter. You have the trap. You can run off of that. Play action is so well off of that. You can pair buck with, I eventually want to pair buck with power read. I think that becomes really, really nasty on that nine technique. I talked to a coach on the podcast like two weeks ago. He talks like how you're talking, but he calls it wing raid because they run. Yeah, yeah. Their their pistol. Uh, I think I know that guy. Um, Coach Vaughn is his name. That's it. Yeah, uh, just through social media, he's got good stuff. 
Yeah, when I had him on, I was like, you had my interest at wing raid. I want to hear mm-hmm. the spread terminology in me, but I love – I'm an old offensive lineman. I'm an old line coach. I want to hear the run stuff too. Mm-hmm. Like they're three yards from the ball. So they're really close to the, the center. He said, we were, we're a wing team team, but we practice air raid concepts. It's not a lot, but it's just enough. Here at the Coach Steve Show podcast, we're very excited for our new sponsor for the show, the Launchpad Kickoff Tee. Pretty exciting that they wanted to sponsor the podcast and very um, excited for the opportunity to be sponsored by them. Um, the Launchpad Kickoff Tee is a very unique kickoff tee. It's, there's nothing like it. It is created so that way you can place the football however you want it. You want it to stand up higher, it can stand up higher. If you want it you know, to make it down lower to make the football be kicked off and go farther, it can do that. You want to place it to the side. You want it to stand straight up however you want. You could put it upside down if that's the thing. However you want, the Launchpad Kickoff Tee can let you do that. So if you're a coach and you have a younger guy or a developing kicker who is not reaching the end zone at all times, this is the perfect kickoff tee for you. The reason is that it gives a coach a strategic options on squibs and onside kicks that were never available before. This kickoff tee is legal for the NCAA use and for all high schools at the National Federation High School Association. The Launchpad kickoff tee, it is a game changer, guys. Having one here is a complete game changer. Check out the videos that they've posted. It's it's amazing stuff to see what the kickers can do once they get this and get the kicking down and use this tee. So for now, what I need you to do, if you're interested in looking at it and going to buy one, please go to launchpadkickofftee.com slash CSS. And when you buy the one tee, Use the code CSS to get 10% off. But also, there are other options. Using the same link, if you want to buy two, you can get 25% off. If you think you need more and want to go buy the four-pack option, you can buy three and get one of them for free. So go to launchpadkickofftee.com slash CSS and use the code CSS and go get this game-changing kickoff tee for all you kickers and you coaches today. He said, we're going to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, and all of a sudden we're running mesh or shallow or snag, and they can RPO the snag. Like, air raid terms, it's corner, but I call it snag. Mm-hmm. The guy from Brent Deerman, his, they call it snag at, when he was at Auburn and all that. So, um, yeah. Um, and then corners, air raid terms. I don't want them to crucify me or anything. Like, no, that's corner. It's snag. But... So it's beautiful. What you're talking about sounds awesome. What he talked about is sounds like the same thing almost. Well, it's, you build offenses to complement things. You know that's the deal. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna build RPOs either to protect your run or you're gonna put in RPOs to protect your pass. Like you're an air raid guy. It sounds like you're more of a spread guy. So you're putting in a run. Like the word you used was, I wanted to be able to get out of a bad pass concept. So. In my mind, that means you're a pass-first guy who runs. And then the wing raid guy, and probably me, are more the opposite. Like, I want to have the RPO in in case I can't block a guy. And so it's just a different mindset, but it's the same place. Right. And then this year, we're going to be more run-oriented. We're going to be a power, a spread power run team. 
especially because in Illinois, February 15th in Chicagoland, it's going to snow. It'll be cold. So I only got to see the kids for three and a half weeks, I think, since the summer and stuff. But when we did, we were like, here's your tight end, Steve. Here's your H-back. You're the run game coordinator. Install the run because that's what Mm -hmm. we're going to do. We're in a motion. We're going to run because we're going to be in the snow. And I was Mm -hmm. like, you got it. Like, it's just what it is. Right. And they're fine with it. Like, it's it's a first-year head coach. We're, you know, struggling program. We're going to turn around. We're going to run the ball. ISO, power read, power, trap. We're going to run it. Mm-hmm. And guess what? People hear me say that. like, but you're a spread guy. You're not going to run the ball. And I was like, oh, don't get me started. We can yeah, run well, the ball. Yeah. Like Coach Taylor, who's an air raid guy. Um, he's on social media all over the place. They had like two, three, 2,000 yards worth of running back one year. And I'm like, he's an air raid guy. He went to Coach Leach's team in Washington State and watched them practice. And he's like, I run the ball, a 2,000-yard rusher. And I'm like, oh, because they're so, they think they're going to pass it, and then he just hands it off. Hmm. But that's not air raid terminology. I'm not going to, somebody on Twitter is going to get mad at me, but it's fine. Well, Coach, I've taken a lot of your time, so I'm going to throw a curveball question. Okay. Who should Auburn hire down there for their head coaching spot? I think I know who they're going to hire, but I, I don't know who they should. Hire. I think they should have kept Gus Malz on. I'm a big fan of him. Uh, you beat Nick Saban half the time, and you have a national championship, and you're in Auburn. I think you're a pretty good coach, and he's an Arkansas guy. So we'll stand up for my boy Gus. Thought he kind of think they're going to miss that. I'm sure he don't mind getting paid to sit out a little bit, but I think they're going to hire Hugh Freeze. I think that's kind of where everything I'm hearing is leaning. And I know Hugh Freeze is a good coach too. Now he's, he'll do some good things there, but I, I don't know if uh, he's, I, it's going to be hard to be an upgrade over Gus Malzahn. I would say. I was kind of shocked they fired him because I've seen on Twitter, there's been a lot of Auburn. I follow oh, some, a lot of Auburn stuff. It depends on your level. If you're I don't know. Like, I think they're trying to be Alabama, and you're not going to be Alabama. And it's don't really- tell them that. Don't. My brother went to Auburn. Don't tell him that. I said, buddy, yeah. you can hire whoever you want to. You're going to win eight games to twelve games a year. That's what you're going to be. You know, and and a good year, you have a chance for a national championship. And that's what Malzahn gave you. Yeah. You know, and- I, um. But yeah, to get so I, I'm in Illinois. I grew up 20 minutes from the University of Illinois. And they just fired Lovey Smith. So I'm like sitting there, me and my friends were texting because we do a live show on Sundays and we're Illinois guys. And we're like, oh my goodness, if Gus could just come to Illinois, but we don't have the money for it, but he's going to get paid from Auburn. So maybe he doesn't care. Maybe he just yeah. comes to Somebody's going to hire Gus and he's going to do a really good job. He's a good coach. And I think uh, Illinois would be wise to at least call him. Well, I'm sure they would. We just don't have the money like to do it but if he's getting paid from auburn maybe they can swing something yeah buy out part of it we have a quarterback that fits his system we have a young running fast quarterback that could help him out yep i would think that gus lands there possibly i think more realistically possibly at arizona i think mm-hmm. they're one too no he's a good coach i was kind of shocked that this happened because He's there all the – he's so close. I talked to Coach Sheffer and them about it. He's so close. There's something, but he's so close to just breaking through. It's mm-hmm. Alabama, 
And then last year's LSU, that just kind of he's so close. Yeah. And he, well, that's a tough division. That's I and mean, that's your that's Alabama's in your conference. It's gonna be tough. No, he's gonna be hired before the weekend, probably. Like somebody's gonna Yeah. He has offers, I'm sure, right now. He's gonna decide if I'm him, do you wanna he might I mean he might take a year here and get paid ten million to do a podcast or who knows what. I don't know, but you know what? Illinois is open. <laughs> okay. I love Lovey Smith too. Lovey Smith's a good coach. Illinois is just it's not it's, they're trying. They're they're I grew up twenty minutes from there. They're building things. They're trying to upgrade their stuff to compete with mm-hmm. Ohio State's and Michigan and uh but we need I've heard Coach Lewis from Kent State. His name's getting thrown around. Um I helped him out spring ball. He was with Dino Babers at Eastern when yeah. Dino Babers was there and Jimmy G was there. Um I helped out spring ball there. He's a fiery guy and he's at Kent State right now. Um so I want him or Gus. Gus needs to, I tweeted at Gus, he'll never see it. I was like, if you come to Champagne, I'll bring you Portillos and I'll bring you Eat this pizza every weekend. If you show up, I'll wash your car, I'll cut your lawn, I'll do whatever for you if you show up. Good coach. Yeah, he's a good coach. Oh, he's a good coach. I love his offense. Like mm-hmm. that's kind of what we're looking at right now. Where we're doing right now is some of that stuff. And yep. so when I want to run that stuff, I look at that film and I'm like, this is I love it. And yep. You can do a deep dig if you want to go look it up when he was at Shiloh Christian back in the day. And then he was at, uh, I think, Springdale and get some good high school film. It's out there on YouTube. And then wasn't he at Tulsa for a little bit, too? Yeah, Tulsa and then Arkansas, of course. And then, you know, where he is now. Yeah, he, I feel bad for him because they showed that video of him dancing with the players. He didn't think anything oh, was wrong. Shoot, he went out. He went out in a good way. I don't feel too bad. I think he'll be he'll be good. I think it, he'll he'll land on his feet, and do well. I think he's a good coach. And then for Illinois, uh, Coach Munkin's name's getting thrown around okay. from Army because he's an mm-hmm. Illinois guy. He's from Peoria, yeah. Illinois. The whole family's in Illinois. That's where all the Munkins are from. Is Illinois somewhere? Well, maybe. And so. He's his name's getting thrown around, but his name's getting thrown around for Vanderbilt. And I would think Illinois a little better job than Vanderbilt. Yeah, that would his name got thrown around for South Carolina, and I was kind of hoping that would happen. Yeah, that's a good job. Or maybe he goes to Auburn. I know it's probably gonna be Hugh Freeze, but send Munkin down there. I bet I would bet a lot of money that it's Hugh Freeze. Oh yeah, I am sure. Or uh Cristobal from Oregon, his name got thrown around. But it's funny, they fired coach, coach Brown's on them this morning. Oregon reported to try to extend Cristobal's contract. So they knew, I think they were just jumping on it. Like, we got to extend his contract so he doesn't leave. Because mm-hmm. he's got that Alabama ties and stuff. He, he he would go there. And I don't know. And then Lane Kiffin's name's getting thrown around too. Uh, he, You know he'll leave in a year. He's not above that. No, he's not. Well, Coach, that's the curveball I wanted to throw at you. I really appreciate oh, man, you doing it. this. We jumped out some rabbit holes. Hope I didn't waste your time, but that's what oh, you're good. I enjoyed it, man. Well, I appreciate you. So, guys, go check out Coach's website. All your books are on Amazon, too, I think you said. They are, yeah. Everything's on Amazon, too. So, guys, whoever listens, go check out social media, the website, the book. Um, like I said, I'm going to try to get that basketball book because I love basketball and I love football. 
Remind when we get off here. I'll 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 get your address. And I'll take care of you. Oh, I appreciate you. So guys out there, stay safe so Illinois can get back to normal. Hopefully we get a season. So I'll see you guys all next time. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.